0: Welcome to Once and Future Authors, Changing Lives One Book at a Time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the show.
1: Welcome to the once and future authors podcast. I'm Stephanie and I'm so delighted to be joined today by author Keith Mullins who's just finished his book time for a serial killer. He's got quite the backstory how he came to be a writer so I'm sure you're gonna be thrilled to meet him. Keith thank you for joining us on the show today.
2: Thank you Stephanie for having me on your show today.
1: Are you kidding? You've got a story like I have never heard, and I am so thrilled not only to know you and have you on the show, but to work with you as your publisher. You have no idea. I'm delighted.
2: Well, thank you very much. But I, unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there with a backstory kind of like mine. So Really? You know, unfortunately, it, it's true. I mean, a lot of people ended up in in worse situations than I had. So, I mean... You, know, all you can all you can do is take what life gives you and uh, make the best out of it.
3: Well, you're,
1: you're so inspirational to me and to, I'm sure, a lot of other people because you took what life handed you, and you didn't just, you know, sit there. You are now writing away. So tell us a little bit about your story so we can get up to the
3: part where you start writing books.
2: Well, let's see now. I, I guess the biggest part of it would be that uh, I wasn't. I wasn't a great student in the in school. I mean, I was great in math, but uh, anything else I was pretty much not really all that good at. I spent most of my time either, you know, hate to say it, but stoned out of my mind or drunk. <laughs> I ain't kidding. So I went through school. My teachers would actually sign my test papers and take them without any answers, and I'd get them back fully answered. Really? Yeah. And uh, the... Uh, my report cards look like the flags of the UN, all F's. Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> I didn't care. I mean, I, I didn't care about anything. If they didn't care. I didn't care. You know, uh, so when I left school in my junior year, um, I couldn't read past the fourth grade level.
3: Wow. Wow.
2: And when I went to Great. college the per- first time in uh, roughly around when I was 25, I was going to study to be in a. Uh, an accountant and I found out I didn't want to be a pen- pencil pusher. Uh so I switched over to uh engineering and design. What do you do? You are pen- you pushing a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my literature uh professor found out I couldn't read and spent the next uh I don't know semester and a half teaching me. What? after you know in the afternoons and stuff. And had me do my first book report, basically, her essay, and um, one thing she said was, you know, your spelling sucks, your grammar still stinks, but your writing turns on the TV in my mind.
1: Ooh, what a compliment.
2: That's what I thought, you know, and I didn't start writing then, you know, it wasn't until around 98 that I actually started writing Time for a Serial Killer wrote it set sat there on it for a while, and uh you know spent three months writing on it, then put it to the side, lost the manuscript, decided to start confessions before death, did the same thing with that, started time for a serial killer three or four different times, emailed it to myself, I always lost the manuscript somehow or another <laughs> and then uh in, right, right around two thousand and twelve my uh, baby girl Tasha uh, belong to a book site called BookRicks, mm-hmm. and, um, you could, you know, put up, you know, short, write. You, know, you can write stories and put them up there for have everybody to read for free. And I said, well, thank you. Know, I'll give it a try. I did that. And I told a buddy of mine, uh, Craig about it. And, he, and then I was putting the book up there. He said, really, I want to read this. You know, it's gotta be funny as all get out. Right. And he pushed me to no end to finish that book every single day. You wrote any more? You put anything more up there? I mean, he just constantly was pushing me to put it up there. And I don't know why it is, but everybody asked me the same dad burn question. Are you sure it's fiction? (laughs) And I'm like, uh, you know, somebody would have to be an idiot to write a story that about like this it's actually true <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so funny that, that people ask you that because I have I have to tell you I have to admit to something when uh you and I first met which was on a show like this and right. uh you know you had contacted me and I got a copy of your book to read and I was reading it And, you know, I mentioned to my my family, you were going to be on the show, and they asked, what did you write? And I told them the title, and they said, is it fiction? (laughs) I think they were a little worried for my safety. And I said, I hope so. (laughs) Pardon me. So I admit I'm in that same camp. I hope it's fiction.
2: (laughs) Well, I will guarantee you, it is 100% fiction.
1: Well, then you have and quite the vivid
3: imagination.
2: The Some of the names came from people I know, mm-hmm. but the personalities did not. Okay. So, I mean, I might have used Randolph, all right? Uh, one of the main characters in Time for a Serial Killer. Uh, back in the early or mid-80s, I was down in Florida, and I rented a room from an older couple, and the man's name was Randolph. Oh, okay. he was a crotchety old cuss too
3: <laughs> but I
2: mean unfortunately he's long you know he's long past and uh but um you know that's where I got the name from you know but it the my the character in the book is nothing like the guy that I knew.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so let me just make sure I got all your dates right here you you grew up where where did you grow up exactly
2: I grew up in a small town called Big Stone Gap, Virginia. Big name, small town.
1: Well, yeah, and with that uh, lovely southern lilt, I knew you didn't grow up here up in New York, so... No,
2: that ain't gonna happen. And
1: and, and, and how uh, terrifying. You did go to school, and you graduated from school, and still had not, you know, a functional <laughs> reading ability. And it wasn't... Oh,
2: actually. I did not graduate from high school.
1: Oh, you didn't graduate from high school because you went to I quit to
2: my junior. I quit my junior year. Okay. And um, it wasn't until later on I went back to I went back to school, got my GED. Oh, Okay,
1: you got a GED.
2: Yeah, I did do that, and uh, then went to uh, drafting and design school in uh, in Fitzgerald, Georgia. Gotcha. Got the equiv. I got equivalent to an associate's degree in mechanical engineering and architectural design.
3: Okay.
2: Spent about seventeen years doing that until I got laid off in '09. Right. And I said, "I right, well, I'm gonna go. with, You know, if I going get laid off in the engineering industry, then I'm gonna go back to driving rigs, because I ain't nobody getting laid off from that. I never did.
3: Well, that's
2: true. Uh, so I went back to driving trucks. I've been a mechanic. Uh, honing off. On and off been a mechanic for over thirty years, and uh my friends just won't let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: blame them and and an insider secret for our listeners he's a fabulous cook too.
2: oh, thank you <laughs> I try my mom and my mom and grandmama taught me how to cook, and uh I've taken it a few steps further. I try to experiment on a lot of different things uh I love Cajun cuisine and uh, anything to do with it. Uh, I make a really mean, I make a really good etouffee. Uh, but I also like to cook French, uh, Italian, uh, and uh, Mexican. Oh,
1: my goodness. Well, I, I I kill for an etouffee. That's for sure. Uh,
2: well, I'll have to make you want to send it up there.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and a nice little bowl of gumbo on the side. I am right oh. there.
2: Now I make a really good. I make a really good shrimp and chicken uh, and sausage gumbo.
1: Really? Oh, yes, ma'am. Forget, forget the books. We'll just be eating. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> unfortunately, I was married to three women, and not a dad burnt one of them to cook squat. Got, <laughs> but why I would got, they?
3: Why would I they?
2: Got, I got this figure. Honestly, I can. <laughs>
1: I understand that. I but I if I were married to to you and you were cooking gumbo and etouffee, I wouldn't cook either.
2: No, I mean they actually could not cook. <laughs> <laughs> My last wife made hamburgers one time and uh we couldn't eat them. So we gave them to the dog. <laughs> dog would eat them. I am not joking <laughs> That's how much salt was in there <laughs>
1: oh my gosh oh my gosh so bring me back to this teacher you had a teacher when you were going for your associate's degree who uh realized that you were not reading as well as you should be able to at the age of 25
2: oh yeah um don't really can't really remember her name right offhand because i don't really you know hadn't really talked to her right,
3: since right then.
2: and that was around uh Actually, I was in my early 20s then. Okay. I was going to Mountain Empire Community College. Uh, and I hadn't, hadn't even got my GED yet. Wow. And uh, I'd already tested out of uh, Principles of Accounting 1, 2, and 3. And because I was always really good with math. I mean, to me, math is just, it's easy. I don't get why people don't understand it, but, you know, that's just me. You know, break it down to the simplest terms. It's always one plus one equals two and nothing <laughs> else. I don't care if you use using algebra or calculus. It's always the same. But, you know, she would call on me to read, and I'd always uh, kind of ditch it. <laughs> and she finally figured out, she said one day, she goes, I was only, you know, she asked me to stick around. And she goes, uh, you can't read, can you? Wow. And I'm like, I can read just on fine. You know, I didn't want to admit to her. But she goes, no, you can't. So she handed me a book. And she goes, read me the first uh, first four lines. So I just looked at it like I was reading. Goes, no, no, out loud, please. Mm. I ain't got time for this garbage. And she goes, there you, see, there you, you're lying. You know you can't read. Let me help you. She did. And the first book that she actually turned me on to, I love Action Adventure. It was, uh, she was the name of it. There's a movie out there called Remo Williams Begins.
3: Okay. I,
2: it's a real bad movie, I'll tell you that real quick. It stinks. <laughs> but the um the books, um uh, shoot, I can't remember the name of it. Richard Sapir is is uh, one of the authors. Mm-hmm. Um it's about a little little uh, little Korean man who's teaching an American Three uh, and martial arts, how okay. to be an assassin, and the you know main thing about it is the thickness of the guy's wrists are huge, you know, because they use use a lot of wrist technique, and uh, goes around and he's working for the government, and that was the first book I ever read, you know, okay. basically, and wrote my report on it, and she's like, I don't need to open that book. She goes, you just, you know, told me everything I needed to know in this. Nice. And I'm like, great. She goes, you get an A. I said, I put my spell and grammar. She goes, I don't care. Your storytelling was worth an A. I said, okay, i take it. Wow. But, you know, I read, uh, I think there was like 40 or 50 books in that series, something like that.
3: Good for her and for doing that. I'm sorry? Good for her for uncovering your yep. the challenge there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I wrote maybe three or four essays uh, for her when I was in uh, in lit class. Mm-hmm. Uh, she enjoyed every one of them. I didn't get I ain't get, didn't get any A's on the rest of them. I got C's, <laughs> but you know, I, my grammar still stinks. Mm-hmm. My spelling is still atrocious, and you know, even though I have the equivalent of an associate's degree in engineering, and I'm 35 credits away from a bachelor's in business you know just because you're intelligent don't necessarily mean you are great at everything right
1: and and that's and that's why we have editors
2: thank goodness for them uh I tell you what you guys did a wonderful job for me wow. on, that, on on editing my book i was very pleased
1: my my pleasure absolutely my pleasure but you know editing is one of those things and and i always tell writers you know you've got the story and the creativity and i'm so glad that you did not allow um your Lack of skills in grammar and spelling to hold you back because too many people do this. they write and then they stop because they want to fix it and and fix it and fix it. I'm so glad you didn't do that. You just kept writing because like like your teacher said, you know you're writing so that people are watching a movie in their mind, and that can't be replaced. so good for you. Well, plow ahead thank you. why we have.
2: Having- you cannot imagine how many times I've edited that book. I have
1: no, I have no doubt. Have no doubt. <laughs>
2: I'd be reading, I'd be reading through it. And I'd uh, catch one little thing and I'd start, that's a, you know, and I'd fix that one. Thing. Well, this don't sound the way I want it to. And I'd change it. But, I, and then I'd be, I'd catch myself spending too much time on that. And I hadn't finished it yet. I'm like, okay, I need to quit this. Um, two of my friends, since i published, have gotten the writing book really uh, yes they have oh, it's
1: it's contagious
2: it. oh yeah and both of them truck drivers uh santa she's writing one um meals to die for okay um it's a gory kind of a book but it's really good but it's got some recipes in there and stuff like that but when you associate it with what the recipes are going to be calling for yeah, kind of disgusting. <laughs> Pardon me. And then my friend Jeff, uh, he's writing writing one uh, kind of a uh, spy type book, I guess, something like that. And he, he, all but gave up on it. Uh, I think still yet he has a little bit because some some people was telling him you don't have enough detail. Oh. And I told him, I said, Jeff, I said, don't worry about the detail right now. Don't go back and change anything. Right. Finish writing the book.
3: Good
1: advice. Good advice. Thank you. And
2: when you finish it, then you can go back and start adding detail mm-hmm. and changing things. Right. I said, right now, you know, trying to fixate on the details of it, since you're really not as detailed, well, He's more detailed than I am, actually. Boy, he's OCD beyond belief. Um, but that kind of stuck in his head from that, you know. That's so he's
1: fabulous kind of advice. Go with the momentum. The story is carrying you. Keep moving forward. You can go back later.
2: Exactly. Finish the story. Get all, you know, the beginning, the middle, and the end, you know, because every book, that that's what you got. That's what you got to start with.
3: That's right. You know, and
2: with time for a serial killer. You know, the beginning was easy for me, and as I was writing the beginning, I I figured out what I, what the middle was going to uh, look like. Okay. And then I was like, okay, now the ending. I still, I'm not overly happy with the ending. Okay. It's kind of cliche-ish, but I'm not going to go into too much detail with it because they give away.
3: Well, no giving away. The no, I
2: don't. I don't do spoilers. Sorry. Okay. You know, I give about a little bit of information, but that's about it. You know, it's up to the reader to figure out everything else.
1: Now, tell me a little bit about your writing process, because you finished time for a serial killer, but you've got you've got other projects coming up, don't you?
2: Yes, ma'am, I certainly do. Uh, Right now, I'm nine chapters into uh, book number two of the series, and uh, I've set myself a very daunting task of ten books for the series.
3: Uh-huh.
2: I'm hoping that's what I end up with. Um, right now I know of four that I have planned and uh all of them are gonna be about a different serial killer, okay. different modes of uh of murder,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh different twists, uh, to you know, bring out the the main thing that I really like to do is just keep everybody guessing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know. Uh the next book in line is going to be Confessions Before Death. I have 9 chapters of it done or yeah almost done. I'm still shooting for a 66,000 word book. Um but uh I don't know, it's the book is going to write itself. Yeah. And it pretty much and it pretty much has so far. Um it's going to be different than any of the other books that I'm going to do. Because this one is going to be told by someone Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and not, and it is going to be told by the story, by the, by the killer, but the killer is, um, not human. Oh, yeah. And, um, like I told, I, I I think I told you this before, confessions before death has a, uh, religious overtone. Mm -hmm. All right. So from the beginning people are gonna know that Satan is the murderer. And in order for Satan to uh commit murder, he has to take over a human body.
1: Gotcha.
2: So this is gonna be taking place in a confessional
3: mm-hmm. in
2: a in a uh cathedral in uh Pittsburgh or yeah, I think it's Pittsburgh or it in Philadelphia Philadelphia, I'm sorry. In Philadelphia. And the guy that he, uh, he's out, he, he framed the guy for, uh, for murder for, uh, and he's come back to Philadelphia to, uh, see it through mm-hmm. the guys on death row. Oh. So he's in the, he's in the cathedral, uh, took over this guy's body down in Louisiana by the name of John. uh, and he's, he's given the confession to the priest. Well, I'm not going to go too much further past that.
3: Nope. No spoilers.
2: I will say, I will say this much, you know, manners are very important to me. I was taught to be very polite, very ma- uh mind my, my manners. And this book is going to show that. Okay. To some degree. Um, then there's going to be, uh, after that one will be a sniper's kiss.
3: Okay.
2: Uh, which will... Uh, uh, the main character of that one is going to be a uh, a mixed oriental uh, black girl. Okay. And uh, a, she's going to be a female sniper. But she's also the reporter who's reporting on the sniper.
3: Oh.
2: Yeah. And then there, of course, there's gonna be a major twist at the end of that one, just like anything else. Uh, book number four, that one on the other hand, now that one right there is, um, I told my daughter that I was making her the main character. Ooh. And she has to help me write it.
1: How old is your daughter?
2: She's 21, she turned 21 back in uh, May the 10th, as a matter of fact. Nice. Yeah, very beautiful young lady. Uh, unfortunately, you know, she's went through some really tough times here uh, the last couple of months, and you know, yeah. um, you know, she's getting over it, or not getting over, it, but she's getting past it. I'll say past something, it. Like it yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah, it is a good project.
2: Right. So, um, book number four. What was I, I going to name that one? Letters of the Broken Heart.
3: Oh, okay.
2: That's the name of that one. All right, so we got four titles. Yep, got four titles.
1: It's going to be a 10-book series.
2: Uh, It's going to be a 10-book series. I'm still kind of working and coming up with ideas because, like I said, I have to – I've created this task that is kind of almost – it's not impossible, but it's extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Every single one of the books must tie back to the very first book, "Time for Ooh. a Serial Killer." In one some way or some form or fashion, mm-hmm. they have to tie back into "Time for a Serial Killer." Gotcha. Then they have to tie into the book before them.
3: Oh,
2: okay. Right. Got so sort of a- right. So "Confessions Before Death" has a tie to "Time for a Serial Killer" and "A Sniper's Kiss." Gotcha. Right. So everything and is
1: connected to the first one, but they're all connected in the order of the
3: books.
2: Exactly. Two. And uh, that unto itself is difficult,
3: mm. to say
2: the least. And then also I have to have, every one of them have to meet my qualifications, mm-hmm. which is they have to have plenty of twists and turns. Yep. If, they do not, if they do not keep the reader You know coming back for more because if they don't know what's gonna happen next right then it's worthless
3: right
2: right in my opinion anyway
3: and then they all
2: all of them have to have a science fiction twist in there somewhere you know so it's kind of all blends in together
1: good stuff good stuff for somebody so prolific as you who's who's out there and he's doing it and got plans any tips for some new authors or people who are listening who are saying, wow, if he can do it after that that uh, upbringing in childhood that was lacking you know, a lot of education, and if he can do it, I want to try it. What would you tell to that person? What would you say to get them going?
2: The first thing I would probably tell them is pick up a pen and piece of paper and just start doing it. Plain and simple. Don't plan it. Just start writing the first sentence.
1: Do you, do you really use a pen and piece of paper or do you use a computer?
2: I've done I, I Right now, I use my phone, <laughs> believe it or not.
1: <laughs> On your phone, are you, do you use the Notes app or do you send emails to yourself?
2: Uh, no, actually, I'm using, uh, I, I still like Word.
1: Oh, you got
2: Word on your phone? Yeah, I got Word on my phone, and it keeps it, it keeps everything that I write yeah. online.
3: Nice. So every
2: time I can sign in from an, another device somewhere else, and still get everything that I've got up there. I'm just old fashioned. I mean, that's the first thing I learned to use. That's the first thing that, you know, I still use it. So
1: well, uh, you can't lose anything.
2: No, I mean, there's tons of software out there, uh, software I try to write books with, but Yeah, no. I like what I'm doing. I mean, originally I started writing in a in a notepad, you know. And uh, time for a serial killer was written in a notepad. Matter of fact, it's written in three. Wow. Yeah. uh, But yeah. Anybody who's looking to write a book, biggest encouragement I could ever tell them to do is take a good look at themselves in the mirror Mm -hmm. and just look dead in their own eyes and learn to believe that they can do it.
3: What a great because way.
2: If they, not, if, if they can't believe it, if they can't believe they can do it, then they, they're never going to do it.
1: You're so right. You are so right. It really starts with
2: you. Yeah, it yeah. does. Each individual has a story to tell, and it's up to them to figure out how to tell it and to get it out there.
1: What a great message. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today, for um, telling your story and sharing with our listeners where you've come from and, and what's going on. I mean, listen to all these titles that are coming up and, and what you said just now about starting from you and believing in yourself. That is so huge because I, I think you're right. A lot of people don't believe in themselves and that's, they are their own worst enemy.
2: They very much so are. I mean, when I was writing time for a serial killer, I tried like crazy to get family members to read it Mm -hmm. and not a single solitary one, including my wife would read it. Nobody would. They tell me they would, but they wouldn't do it. (laughs) And and, uh, so I had little, I had very. I had no encouragement whatsoever. All I had was the drive to do it. Unfortunately, my drive took time. You know, into consideration as well you know years I don't recommend doing that Stephen King actually once said that it should take no longer than three months to write a book
1: wow three months
2: that's a that's a quote from Stephen King believe it or not on uh, on uh 10 things to, on 10 things about writing the book I think it is what uh, I read it from and it's all about Stephen King
1: so that well, my means you're, in your next book in, in no
2: time, huh? <clears throat> yeah, okay. Good, good luck with that one.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it might take three months to actually write a book, but too many things in life come along to oh, uh, put it on hold, you know? And, you know, I've toyed around with several other book ideas, like a fantasy book, like, you know, many you've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, a self-help book, like okay. many you talked about as well. Um, and those are projects I may do later on down the road. It's taken me a little bit. Yep. It's taken me a little bit to get back into confessions before death. Yep. So, uh, it's time for me to get back in there and, uh, finish it up.
1: Sounds good to me. Well, me and all of our listeners want you to get back into To working on that. But in the meantime, uh, Keith is the author of Time for a Serial Killer. If you're watching this, you get to see his t-shirt, which has been sitting there. So you know it's Time for a Serial Killer by R.K. Mullins, and it is available worldwide. Grab a copy of that, and uh, you better read that before the next book comes out, because we know there's a tie-in, so you you gotta read them in order so you can get the full effect.
2: That's true. You do definitely have to need it. It's better to read them in order.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I I am sure that you have inspired so many wannabe authors are out there grabbing a piece of paper or a cell phone. And they're going to get started just like you because you have been quite the inspiration.
2: I hope they do. I really hope. I hope they do. And I wish them all the success.
1: Thank you. And when that next book is out, let's get you back here on the show so we can check in on how things are going, okay?
2: Anytime, Stephanie. I'd love to be back.
1: Thank you. And to all of our listeners, happy writing. Thanks so
0: much for joining us for Once and Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show, so your review could launch new books every day. Thanks again for joining us, and happy writing!